Hey, are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started? Well, when we first began, we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms. That's where Anchor comes in. Anchor is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish. It allows you to record and edit your podcast and then when you're ready to publish, distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries, age groups and platforms. That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's a n c h o r.fm to get started. Now back to the pod. When he made the All-Star team, I was surprised. I was stunned. I was like, this guy. He is most certainly the least excited person on the list. <laughs> I don't think he is overrated he is overrated yeah <laughs> incomparable um the performances these two players are putting up it's it's nowhere close how much of a problem do i have with calling him overrated not much that's the question that everyone asks right hey everyone and welcome to an all new episode of all about sports the podcast I am your host Mazhar here today and I have my co-host Rishabh and Aniket as well. And today we're bringing our first ever basketball pure basketball episode and uh, we'll be discussing the NBA of course. And something very interesting in the NBA. Uh, it's going to be all about well the overrated players or so called overrated players i think we're going to have some sort of fiery discussion around this for sure uh, we already were struggling to sort of come up with our list ourselves and we ended up spending almost an hour in just discussing that so we're in for quite a ride right now i uh, and we're all strong headed opinionated people so it wasn't easy but uh, hope that you know the list adds up to a lot of your expectations as well so let's not delay it let's get right into it so we've picked out five particular names that we have shortlisted for the most overrated players at least after the conclusion of last season and the first name that we want to bring up and we are going from 5 to 1 is uh jamal mari so Uh, Krishnan seems very excited to share his opinion, so I'm just going to give Krish give it to Krishnan right away. So Krishnan, what's your take on Jamal Murray, and why did did you uh, decide to have Jamal Murray on the list? No, I think uh, no, I think Jamal Murray is a good one to start with because I think we discussed this. His stock is probably at an all-time high right now, right? Jamal Murray and the Denver Nuggets are coming off a great, great season, right? I think. I don't know how many people bet on them reaching the playoff finals and the season specifically that Jamal Murray had putting up awesome numbers offensively and coming back from 3-1 twice in a in a play in a you know in one playoff stretch is insane. So my whole concern with Jamal Murray is inconsistency. He had an unbelievable playoff stretch and I think for the first time we've seen him consistently back to back have good offensive games. I don't trust that will be him 
going into next season or in fact what he can be as a person denver's placed a lot of faith in him he is last year he agreed to a 5 year 170 million dollar contract so they made him his he, their go to player um he is supposed to be their number 2 with with nikola jokic and i just don't trust he can show the same consistency um on the offensive end like he did in this playoff stretch i i don't believe he can be the player he's he said to be you know looking back at you know some of his prior seasons with denver um while they are impressive i i'm not particularly blown away by them you know he his first season he was 9.9 points um 16.7 in his next season 18.2 18.5 for a guy who's not really good defensively whose meat is offense he's got to be like a 20 25 point per game scorer and he's not consistently reached that stage for me um what what do you guys think so i think what krishnan said um, in terms of him having one of the most iconic short span performances we've ever seen because like those two series which he played in the bubble amazing right you think that he was carrying the team all on his own okay not all on his own but he was one of the two who were performing consistently game after game barring one or two bad games of course because they were three went down twice <laughs> so yeah i mean think about it that level of offensive performance is that his best or is it something he can produce consistently i mean one could argue that he is just hitting his stride or his peak right now but okay i think i don't think it's very easy to repeat those kind of a, those kind of performances in the regular season the regular season is a different ball game as opposed to the playoffs right when your back against the wall maybe some people stroke players uh, sorry some players stroke teams do much better in those scenarios as opposed to the regular season and again i i'm not saying that of course i do understand that you have to play well enough in the regular season to get to that stage where your backs are against the wall in the playoffs but uh, yeah i mean his shining moments were in the playoffs as opposed to the regular season so i i agree with krishna so of course uh, we sort of unanimously agreed that jamal mari is overrated it's 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 not a knock against him it's just unfortunate or i'm not even sure unfortunate is the right word but basically it's just a situation that his performance elevated his rating to uh like you guys mentioned and i think krishnan brought that out perfectly he averaged less than 20 points la- uh, during the regular season and in fact throughout his career has done so but his points per game in the nba bubble went up to 26.5 points per game of course he played a lot more minutes and i also think that some players are just better against certain teams because of matchups and all of that we can't ignore the fact that jamal mari played many more minutes as well in the bubble so that also added an element another thing to not forget is how good a coach mike malone is uh he knew how exactly to structure the team around jokic and he knew that jokic needs a good ball handler mari is not a great ball handler but he's a scorer and he knew how to play the pick and roll or whatever sort of adaptation they had of a pick and roll the modification in their system uh basically kick it to jokic 
tries to play in the post, tries to spin, make some circus shot. Obviously, worked many times. Uh, but it credit to Murray for making all those big shots. That uh, if he probably didn't do the dance against the Lakers, maybe they could have snatched up one more game. <laughs> I think that really angered or sort of aggravated a Lakers side, and then they just absolutely steamrolled them. But um, I agree with you guys simply because, and I and I think we all three also uh, agreed on the fact that defense matters a lot to us in a basketball player because it's not like a football game where you can be a striker and just be isolated and not really have to perform defensively. The difference in basketball is you have to run up the court and run back. And they say defense wins you championships in basketball and there's no doubt about it. You will never find in a pure offensive team win the championship. It's I don't think it's ever happened uh, where a team that is only stellar offensively and really fails to perform on the defensive end as a defensively elite team wins the league. So yeah, so Denver's um, never winning ever. <laughs> exactly, Denver's <laughs> never winning. So I think you guys pretty much summarize that perfectly. And it's it's unfortunate that Murray has to be on the list because it's not his situation that got him there, uh, or rather his play that got him there. It's just that he peaked in the playoffs and it. Even if he keeps up that consistency during the regular season in terms of scoring, uh, I don't think that's enough to suggest that he's any sort of all-star because I still think he's a bit of the pace of a Donovan Mitchell, even though he ended up winning that series against Utah. Uh, it's just because Mitchell has... Even Mitchell's not great defensively, mind you. He he obviously lost. I mean, they both went on that onslaught of scoring 50-40, 50-40, whatever they were doing in the, that playoff series between Utah and Denver. Yep. But I still see that effort from Mitchell on the defensive end. It's I just think that Murray uses too much energy in offense that he just drains out by the end of it. Uh, hoping he gets better on that end of the floor. Mike Malone is the perfect coach, I feel, for him in terms of sort of getting that out of him. Yeah. But let's see. No, I, I, I agree and I, I think all of us are hopeful. I think we all really enjoyed him playing this this bubble and we he's a fun player to watch but the optimism of him being that way is, is seems seems low. And I think going with him, I think a good transition to another person who's on a big contract from 2019. Um, Tobias Harris is our number four player that we want to bring up with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, maybe the least exciting person on this list, maybe. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think about Tobias? Why, why is he on our list? I, I don't know what I think about Tobias. But, you know, but you said he maybe he's the least exciting person on the list. He is most certainly the least exciting person on the list. <laughs> I, I know how much Maz dislikes him. So I'm going to... <laughs> okay, not dislike, but thinks he's yeah. overrated. Okay, dislike is a very strong word. I don't use. think... So, Gui, yeah. I don't think he is... I don't think he is overrated. He is overrated. Yeah. <laughs> I think... I, I think... 
I think he had that one season where he made the All-Star team, yes, deservedly so. But I think that was like literally a one-off case where he just had the season of his life. And he was fortunate enough to have such a season that... And it's crazy how people just jumped on that saying, oh, he deserves a max contract. And I watched his games and I watched a lot of his games that season live. I saw he's a... When he made the All-Star team, I was surprised. I was stunned. I was like, this guy? Literally, that was my reaction. And I just couldn't understand why because it's not like he was the only scorer. It's not like he was the only pure scorer that season as well. People score points in bunches. You you are in an average team and you're an above average player, you'll score 20 points. That's why the Lakers really did not like the fact that Brandon Ingram was not producing good results and that's why they let go of him and kept Kuzma in because they just felt that he was not he wasn't scoring 20 points a game. And you expect that from someone like a Brandon Ingram, especially given his size, the uh, the mismatch that he creates in a basketball game. And I think that's where Tobias Harris loses out a lot. Now, perfect reason to like describe his overrated features is the points per game over his career. He averages just about 16 points per game, which is, I mean by no means is outstanding or stands out. Uh, last season, he averaged close to 20. But he's, it's not like his efficiency from the field is low as well. Or 47 is by no means bad. But I just don't see it. Like, what makes, what makes him get that max contract that Krishnan brought out, right? And, I mean... Guys, I don't even want to get into the playoffs. It's just like absolutely pathetic and dismal his performance in the playoffs. So I'm just going to leave it on that. I'm not going to go into the stats because I'm not the stats guy. That's pretty much you guys. So that's just my take watching as a fan of the game. It's not that I have anything personally against him or against his teams for that matter. But uh, it's just how it is. Yeah, so the deserving of a max contract bit is a big point because, okay, Gordon Hayward has a max contract. He, as much as you think that he's not lived up to it, he was injured for a lot. And when he did come back in the playoffs, played, well, I think he played really well. Again, he has, he has more time to justify his max contract as opposed to Tobias because Gordon Hayward was injured for a while. And, and to like jump right into the middle of a playoff series, big, big. So if 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 I had to pick between two max contract uh, players who aren't doing okay as you would have expected them to do after the, those contracts, but Tobias is definitely performing worse of the two. If you ask me. And I love the point you'll bring about, about money because let's look at the person the Philadelphia 76ers lost this summer, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has signed with Miami on a four-year $142 million deal. So per year, he's getting about $35.5 million, if, if if the math I did on my calculator is correct. Hopefully calculators can't be wrong. <laughs> um, 
Whereas Tobias Harris is getting 36 million per year. So Tobias Harris has a longer contract and he's getting more money per year than Jimmy Butler, who just carried Miami or was a big part of taking Miami to the NBA finals. It is just an incomparable, um, the performances these two players are putting up. It's, it's nowhere close. Krishna, and the best... You hesitate. Sorry, man. Sorry. No, so I was just going to say that Krishna used the perfect example. We're talking about the most overrated players here. So we have Tobias Harris on one side. And if you have any sort of doubt of, uh, like, or any sort of argument to state that he isn't overrated, Jimmy Butler is one of the most underrated players in the league. So perfect example, Krishna, nail on the head with that one. Yeah, I mean, Krishna hesitated in saying that Jimmy carried the heat, right? But by all means, the leadership he brought to that side, you could make a case that he did actually carry them. Maybe not with sheer numbers in his performance, but if you look outside the stats, hard carry, if you ask me. (laughs) Exactly. And the perfect example is the fact I was watching one of these NBA documentaries i think it was on tv or i'm not even sure youtube uh, but tyler hero we all know his relationship with jimmy butler but not only him uh, bam adebayo uh, uh, duncan robinson they all came out and openly said it that jimmy's our guy and jimmy's our leader and we look to him we basically learn from him and take a lot from how he is off the court as well and He's the prime motivator of the squad. And if your teammates are saying that, then, I mean, literally. So, if he doesn't have that mentality, then the team falls short of that character. So, definitely, he's carrying the team in other ways beyond just the basketballing sense and the basketball stats that prove it. So, you're absolutely right. And again, this is is flowing pretty nicely because I I like the, the way we finish about leadership. We talk about leadership. Let's talk about a guy who we talk, we, I think was probably the most hotly debated who's on this list. A guy whose leadership we question. Kyrie Irving. Can he be a guy who takes a team to an NBA championship without LeBron? That's, that's the question that everyone asks, right? That's, that's the thing he gets criticized for. He's like, you had LeBron. And listen, he's a great player. I'm not going to at all question him being a great player. But can he take that next step in leadership um, to be a like forefront leading player and take his team to a championship. What do you guys think? Kyrie Irving. Uh, I, I debated this a lot just for everyone listening in. I did not like the fact that Kyrie is on this list, but I understand it and I have to own up that it's a fair point that Aniket and Krishnan had in terms of saying that Kyrie is overrated. My argument on the fact that you said that can he win without let's say a lebron and can he be the leader well we we've not seen that with a lot of players and a lot of teams so i wouldn't necessarily want to criticize him or critique him for him being overrated because of that but the thing is that he is outspoken he does claim to be the guy the front like the alpha sort of guy for his franchises and well he didn't live up to the bill uh, he he joined the biggest franchise in the nba with the celtics and failed to do so and that and i krishnan brought this to my notice and it it i didn't really pay heed to it 
and that's also because I rate Kemba Walker highly. But the fact that the Boston Celtics haven't changed much uh, before when Kyrie was there and to now. So, and the Celtics made the Eastern Conference uh, Finals uh, this uh, 2020 season. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's where I couldn't debate anything. For me, the whole, I mean, he is one of the best individual players, right? Like, does anyone question his ball handling? No. Does anyone question the sheer genius he could bring on the court? Okay. But if I had to draw an analogy, okay, just, I mean, the my whole issue is how highly he gets regarded for those aspects. This is like saying, again, I'm sorry if someone doesn't watch football, stroke soccer, but this is like saying that Neymar is in the same breath as Ronaldo and Messi because he is so prolific on the pitch. And that doesn't sit right with me, <laughs> not the Neymar comparison, not the Kyrie comparison. So for me, Kyrie is so far behind KD as a player, but you look at how highly he's regarded, that that bothers me a bit. That and for me, his individual performances, his leadership, all of those things, like the whole uh, claim that I am the guy. I mean, Mazar said it very well. Like he claims to be the one. Like I am going to lead the franchise on the court. Never happened, but okay, a lot of people fall short of that. Loads and but. To me, it's more the outside uh, perception of Kyrie by a lot of other people saying he is one of the best players in the NBA. <laughs> I think not. And and I, I I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I because I because I think I, I think of two comparisons for Kyrie that that kind of bother me. And um, I think you know I think the one comparison is. Kyrie Irving to someone like a Kobe Bryant, right? I think, I, I don't think, I'm not saying that he's as individually talented as Kobe Bryant. I'm not saying that. But what I think is Kyrie Irving individually has probably nailed his skill set, but he hasn't taken the next step to figure out how do I now use my skill set to get everyone involved in the game and to start winning at the highest level. And that next step, I don't think he's taken just yet. And I think one example of it that, that really bothered me was I remember a game when he was playing with the Celtics where I think Gordon Hayward took a shot at the end and he couldn't get the pass out to Kyrie. And Kyrie kind of like was like frustrated and, and anxious at it. And I just think he hasn't developed the ability to just to be the team player that makes the team grow and build around him that I think, like Mazan mentioned, even Kemba has sort of done it. Because I, I don't think there's a comparison individual talent-wise. I think Kyrie is way more individually um, talented than a, uh, than a Kemba Walker. But uh, Kemba has found a way to make that Celtics team gel, I think, is slightly better than Kyrie was able to. And that's a bit of a critique on him. Yeah, I, I, I just... Again, Krishnan, Kemba, uh, I feel, is another one of those underrated players. I think he... Under, by underrated, I don't mean like he's underrated in terms of his skill. Everyone knows his level. There's a certain level to it where he falls short of superstardom. But he's definitely all-star. He's an all-star point guard. And 
the fact that he carried Charlotte for donkey's years, a team which was way below playoff caliber. And yep. pretty much, I know they were on the East, but still, like, credit to him for managing to figure out something there. So, that takes me into the next player. And I think this is pretty much a unanimous thing for anyone who watches the NBA. And uh, it's it's from my favorite teams. Favorite? <laughs> <laughs> the Clippers. Oh, my God. Uh, Patrick Beverly. So, <laughs> Krishnan, Gui, take it away. For, for those of you who don't know, Mazar is a Lakers fan. So, uh, Pat Bev and him are definitely beefing. <laughs> <laughs> On Twitter, I keep sending him trash, but obviously, I'd never get replies. So... I think he's, he's, going, like he's going to go with the Cancun drive again or some some something of that sort. <laughs> with me? Dude, I can't even afford to go to Cancun. So, I don't even know what his plan is with that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, Patrick Beverly, guys. No, I, I think P. Bev is, is a good one because I think we've talked about so many offensive players. It's fun to talk about a guy who's mostly known for his defense. I mean, let's forget about the offensive conversation because no one really rates him as that high an offensive player. <laughs> at best, he's like a catch-and-shoot three-point player who they're like, yeah, he worked well at Houston and like Clippers because he can catch and shoot. And he's a decent point guard. Like, he's a decent, decent distributor. But what he's known for is his defense and that's why we think he's overrated is we think his defense is a little more highly overrated than then he is considered. And he's a good defensive player. We can't deny that. But how good is he? He was named this year in the second all-defense team. Um, and that, to me, is a little bit too good for him. And the reason I think that is, I think one of the big players that people shouted out was Drew Holiday. And people spoke so much about how Drew Holiday can switch positions. He's one of the best guard defenders. Dame brought it up. Um, I, I can't remember. I think LeBron even brought it up. A few different players brought it up. And I think Patrick Beverly is a person who has become synonymous with iconic defense because he talks a lot and he gets in people's faces. I don't necessarily believe he's as good a stopper as he, he tokens himself to be. And I think his aggressiveness, the number of fouls he gets, puts his team in a difficult position. And in the cases that he gets ejected, again, it's, 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 a, it's a loss to his team. So... I just don't think he's the elite defensive player he claims himself to be. I don't know what you guys think. I, I'd agree with that. I think he gets extra points for chatting and clapping in people's face. And, you know, all the all the talk from the bench when getting stuff done, off, all of those things kind of play into him becoming this, you know, defensive, bad, bad man personality. Who's just like, oh, I'm, I should I should be you know kind of petrified because this guy's not only you know great as a defender but he's gonna keep keep just bugging me by you know getting close to my uh, personal space, invading that space, chatting shit for way longer than he should to begin with. I mean, if he consistently defended as well as he could without getting ejected, without considering the number of fouls. Maybe he is not that, maybe we don't put him in the overrated bracket, but he does 
have flaws in the defensive game. It's it's again one of those things, right? If you just tone down all the things which go around the actual work you put in, <laughs> you'd be a much better player. How much of a problem do I have with calling him overrated? Not much, because again, brownie points for the clapping and talking is what he gets. Most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> so. Dude, I don't even know where to start with him. Like, <laughs> I know people talk trash. Embiid does it. Embiid also gets onto my nerves a lot of times. But it's it's the problem. The difference is Embiid is still due to be a superstar. He's already an all-star. There's, the talent is clearly visible. He is, he is stellar in pretty much every... Everything on the offensive end, Beverly has nothing. Like, he prides himself on his defense. Harden treated him, took him to the cleaners. Absolutely took him to the cleaners. Harden made him look like an absolute fool, firstly. And that's just, um, and it's not only Harden, okay? Uh, we've, any, he's, he's lucky that Steph and Clay were out for the, Entire most of the season they didn't play against each other. He would have put them on skate. Uh, he would they would have put him on skates as well. So I just don't think he can match up to pure shooters. Firstly, uh, he's good against average guys. Of course, he's he's not bad defensively, but he's not even like absolutely elite or something. And Krishnan, you're right. I don't think he deserved that. All defensive second team for sure, at least not this season. I can understand the previous seasons, but his cockiness for what, right? Like, why, dude? You've never won a championship, firstly. Yep. <laughs> you you chat shit with people like Damian Lillard. You are not even in the same league as Alex Caruso at the moment when it comes to. <laughs> Danny Green, as much as people criticize him for his brick shooting, especially it's frustrating for the Laker fans, um, he's still miles, miles ahead of you defensively. So, don't even get into defensive talk when your team firstly got knocked out by Denver Nuggets, who are a pure offensive (laughs) team. Look at the (laughs) irony there, right? So, I'm sorry, but yeah, as they can chat shit, they can claim whatever. Oh yeah, we could have beaten these Lakers. You just got lucky that we lost to the Nuggets. Listen, no, <laughs> you were just undeserving because you were overconfident and you thought you were better than the rest. And the Nuggets just proved that, you know, hard work takes you much further than your attitude and your so-called skill, which I really think he lacks. So. And and I and I think Maz, I, I like the point that you brought up that was a little bit frustrating. Both of you brought up actually about what's a little bit frustrating about Patrick Beverly is I'm okay with trash talking. I'm okay with getting people's faces. That's your system. That's fine. But he's had a couple of instances where he's made really dangerous play at people's knees or ankles. Like Russ has gotten injured by him. I think Steph also had like an injury scare or got injured by like a dangerous play. That's not something I particularly enjoy, whether it's part of your system or not. No, no. So uh, that brings us to number one now. Uh, I, the, the funny thing is that we actually didn't have any debate on this. Uh, we all had this name on our list. And 
it's going to come to a surprise to many uh, but it's russell westbrook so take it away so so brody amazing athletes one of the most athletic players we've seen in the recent past again no how many how many players could hold a candle in front of lebron and call themselves as athletic even just as athletic i'm not even saying more even even to be compared in the same bracket of athleticism on an nba court as lebron is a lot right and russ can do it every day of the week <laughs> but again this just too much props for that one thing for as prolific as he is you know with all the flashy dunks great moves uh, some even absolute blinders like you can't come i don't know it's just the reward for being that athletic cannot be you can consider in the great uh, or elite um, bracket it's again bad by great defense it's just the I, i don't know how to put it very well but the flashiness it should never be a contributor to how great your value is on the court that's that's my take on russell westbrook no i i th- those are great points gui and i and i think we had this discussion a little bit with kyrie as well and the argument isn't whether russell westbrook's a good player he's a good player he's a great player the question is can he take that next step again and the thing is i i know when he won his mvp if i'm not mistaken i think jordan wrote him a letter saying like hey man uh, i just want to say congrats i too won my first mvp before i won my championship and that's really where russell westbrook has to evolve like how does he now become a player who can get his team at the highest level right let's compare him to the other mvps we've had more recently Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. I don't think any of us would say he's in the same ballpark. He just isn't. Even in his best season, his team finished 7th in the league and got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. So he's not taken the next step to become a to to make his team win. And I think one thing that like i i think he's been a little bit pigeonholed by is maybe he's not necessarily had the best coaching historically i think he needs a really elite coach on his team and for a brief glimpse i thought we saw like the best russell westbrook in houston because he had this glimpse when they made him sort of like play as a center don't shoot threes um just drive in everyone else around you will shoot and we saw maybe the best russell westbrook and deantony found the best you know the best russell westbrook we could get and then unfortunately he got injured But I think like like you said I think the things that he the, the the things that he falls on I think are one I don't think he's an elite elite decision maker. I don't think in some clutch moments he takes the best shots, he makes the best passes. And his second flaw I think is his focus. Like Gui said, he has all the attributes. He's one of the most athletic guys we've seen in the NBA, probably will see in the NBA. And to just see his defensive engagement is frustrating and it's not even that he can't guard guys he switches off there's a moment where he loses he loses where he is in the pick and roll um he goes for steals that he misses he isn't tracking back the right way um and there are, and, and you know he can do it because there are moments where he locks in and he's good um but those two things just make it frustrating to watch him because like like we said he has the toolkit to be an elite elite player 
uh, you guys left nothing for me to really say. I'll just say one thing that I wanted to add. And the MVP season, firstly, credit where credit's due. Uh, the most triple-double since uh, Oscar Robertson. Uh, unbelievable. Of course, I do feel there was a lot of padding involved in that in terms of padding stats where he would like literally just keep throwing passes till he would get double digit assists if he was falling short of it <laughs> or like just go in for rebounds and steal rebounds from his teammates yep. not as ugly as it looks but i mean there were moments and for all of those who watched those games in that season would understand it, it was 2017 i believe uh so I think so yeah yeah but i think the one thing and you guys both brought up those aspects is that firstly he's flashy so he's great to watch I love watching him on the offensive end defensively like you said Krishnan he just closes off and that's what he said no that, yeah, that that's exactly it so uh, we, we'll, the, our final list was Jamal Murray Tobias Harris Kyrie Irving Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook um, let us know what you all think in the comments um, hit us up on social media. Let us know your thoughts. I'm sure this is a hotly debated topic. Let us know what you think. Um, and like and share if you enjoy this video. Thanks so much for watching, everyone.